This is the Intentional Disruption Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Demo. Today, I want to talk about some of the valuable lessons that I've received over the last couple of years from a book that's been around for a while, but provides immense value every time I come back. You see, sometimes we get on a cycle where we need to nation because we said we're X number of books, a challenge, something like that. And people go out and I've done this, so I'm actually people. We buy a bunch of different books and get to them. But there's always value in some of the things that we may have read a couple of years ago. If it's good fundamental content, it's not a bad thing to do a reset. You know, one of the things that I look at, if I were to look at my business, your business even, is trying to find the parts and pieces that have been operating. And maybe they serve properly in the moment. Maybe they don't. But to be, intentional about looking at the process and just disrupting the ones that don't serve or are not optimized that could be better. You know, it's one of those things where we get into a pattern, a routine, and it's comfortable. You know, in my marketing company, I got comfortable doing administrative work in the morning and I'd have a show on the TV in the background, Mike and Mike, and that was comfortable to me. But I could have been doing something different. You know, many of those tasks, while important, could have been passed over to my admin staff. Didn't have to be me doing. I was so focused on them being available in case we had a client call in that I wasn't as focused on the most efficient thing, which would have been to pass off that work and to spend more time with my sales team to drive revenue in the door. So being intentional about doing a review of your processes and then disrupting the ones that aren't serving, aren't at the most level of efficiency. Those are things that are powerful to do, and it's good to be introspective in that way. What I essentially just explained is why the podcast is titled Intentional Disruption, but I'm going through that for you because I've done it with so many people at this point to include myself, that I'd be remiss not to bring that back every once in a while. And you know, at some point, 100 episodes in, I'll figure out a catchy saying, a phrase, to just make sure that that gets hammered home every time. And that's actually one of the ironic things about the book I wanted to share with you and the gifts and the lessons from this book, because I've helped a lot of people using the information that I gathered from it. One of the most important things from the book, Built to Sell, it's by John, um, been for sale forever. I mean, I suppose Amazon affiliates, um, Amazon, just Google Built to Sell come up, I promise. But one of the things that the book does is it talks about a business proprietor named Alex. Alex is a smart dude. He drives a nice car has what on paper looks like a really good light, but underneath he's floundering. And maybe in this moment, he might feel a little bit the same way. There's enough money coming in to have a flashy car, you know, 80 to $150,000 car. Your wife might not be working, but you're always looking for money to come in the door and make sure that the float in your account is enough to cover any of the bills that are about to come in. And that, not desperation, that's not the right word, but that lack of consistency and continuity and flow in business, it doesn't have to be that way. A lot of that stuff, it comes back to in the book, but in my life where I've seen that is where 
the systems and processes aren't in place. And as we talk about my business, there have been quite a few things that have changed behind the scenes. There's a lot of partnerships that as the diligence periods for a couple of these deals go through, are going to be providing significant amounts of MRR or minimum revenue into my business. And what I've been working on in my business is how do I create seven figures worth of MRR? How does my business have recurring of a million dollars? Pretty crazy thing to most people. But if you're listening to the podcast and that speaks to you, you're not average anyway. So welcome to the team. And I come from a little bit of a blessed place because I know people that have done that. And the really amazing thing about that is if I'm able to do that, and I don't mean to say that in the questioning way, it should be when I do that, that's going to mean that my clients are getting tens of millions of dollars of value automatic. Pretty sweet. It's pretty sweet. There's some things from this book that are going to help you inside of your business to do some of that stuff. And one of the examples that John uses for the book and his uh, protagonist is a guy named Alex. He's the business owner. Is his Alex's guide, his mentor, helps him take an ad agency that takes every different customized, I can do whatever you need, specialized business and cuts it down to one thing that they do very, very well. Now, in this case, they go from a full spread marketing agency to just creating logos for somebody. And in your business, that might be really, really hard to do. Use the example of my um, my stepdad here in his instruction. He built custom homes, high-end custom. That'd be like him saying, I only do single family homes in the colonial style. What? That'd be crazy because not everybody wants a colonial style. But if you become the specialist, you are able to drive market share because people know to look for you. An example, down the road from my mom's house when I was growing up, uh, at the end of her road, there was a sob specialist. That was the focus on what they did. They said that they could handle other European makes, but a big old sob sign. Right on the, right on the, right on the, and that was how they drew in business. And believe it or not, 75% of the cars in that deal are on that uh, repair lot. They were sobbed because that's what they were known for. And it's hard to cut through with a noise canceling message. If you're all things to all people, that's an interesting position to be in. And I know that I'm guilty of that as well. I have a part in my heart where I want to serve a lot of people, but you can't do that and be successful. So I'm going to go through what they talk about with the five-step process for building a logo. And the reason I'm going to do that, where you, you could just read the book and do this, but I'm going to translate that into what I do and what you could potentially do for your business. So the five-step process to building a logo inside of uh, this guy, Alex's agency, visioning. So seeing what it could look like. Two is personification, helping that logo speak to the three is sketch concepts. So a couple of rough drafts of what it could look. Four is a proof for the logo and five is the final design. Now you might not be a graphic designer or in an ad agency or any of those things, but you have a logo for your business most likely. That seems like a logical progression for somebody to build out a logo and it's repeatable. You know, one of the reasons my stepdad's construction company, well, I mean, it was open for 30, it was, but why it didn't progress when he died. It, it wasn't repeatable. If he wasn't on the job site, the job didn't take, didn't get done the right 
way. And candidly, in the Delta Enhancement Group, my company, that's an issue as well because a lot of it depends on me. Now, that's going to be something that over time I fix and replace. But as a consultant, I do have a process, but it's a process that very much is dependent upon me right now. So I'm working on some of the deliverables because business really isn't that hard. I mean, there's a lot of things, but marketing, operations, sales, and service, four things. And if you execute those four things well, you're going to have a very good business. Sometimes it can be just that simple, but we let all the other things. So in the book Built to Sell, there's uh, Alex's mentor. My mentor's name is Ryan. This guy's name is Ted. So we'll do, I guess we'll call this a TED talk for the last couple. Ted's number one tip was don't generalize, specialize. In your business, are you all things to all people or do you have a very narrow focus? You know, for me, I want to have a very small focus because I don't want to work with all different types of people. And that might sound a little bit crass, but I don't. Well, Mike, how, how can you say that? Well, simply, I don't. And that's why my process is called the RWA process. Now, newsflash, RWA stands for ready, willing, and able. If you are not those things and your business isn't generating a certain level of repeatable revenue currently, you don't have the systems, the parts and pieces in place where I can best serve you and you're going to get the best value for money. Frankly put, you know, if somebody's a startup doing a couple thousand dollars a month, the stuff that I know will be impactful. But there's people that can teach some of that fundamental stuff at a lower price that could better serve, that can spend more time doing the handhold to help them get to that next step. I actually know a bunch of those people and I refer people to them all the time because just because somebody isn't going to be the right client for me doesn't mean I don't want them to be served. I'm happy to pass along information. And conversely, that's one of the reasons that inside of my business, I don't have paid ads right now because I don't need to because I get referrals from other people because they know just based on my reputation, what I bring to the table. There's actually quite a few groups inside of Facebook, for example, where I haven't offered anybody to buy my services, but I get referrals from that group pretty much every, and in the business that I'm in, that that's a pretty good flow of clients to have come in the door. And as I scale my operations up a little bit, I'll be able to have coursework that people can do, but that's a whole nother ball of wax. That's not a process. My process is RWA, ready, willing, and able. And then there's parts and pieces attached to that to be successful. So inside of your business, who do you specialize? Who exactly do you want to work with and focus on? Number two was to diversify your client base. And this one speaks to me very clearly. I was in a position last year where most of my revenue was coming from a very small group of clients. Didn't like it, especially when I would have trouble with the clients with meeting their responsibility. And I couldn't go as hard in the paint as need be because I was worried about losing that client. So this happened with me last year. Now I'm at the point where I've told that individual, look, if you can't get these things together and you can't commit, I can't work with you. You're going to have to find somebody else. That's a very powerful to do. <clears throat> Your business should have no more than 15%, 20%. Number three is own the process. Be clear so you have a noise canceling message. Do you have a process and can you explain it simply? I just explained RWA, ready, willing, and able. I could take 30 seconds and explain that through. So if you're not ready to make a change, then you're not going to put the effort in. If you're not willing, like you just don't have the desire. You're not going to make the change. If you're not able, like if you're physically not able to do it, 
then you're not going to make the change. It sounds reductive, but that's a pretty good thing to be able to ask somebody, are you ready, willing, and able to get going? Oh, well, what do you mean? Well, can you commit to the process? Can you commit to it emotionally? Because you know, there's an emotional step when you make a change. Financially, are you ready to make that change? Are you willing to commit? And able, there's a cost involved. I mean, there, there's going to be structural things that need changed. You need to be willing to commit capital resources to it. Very simply, I think that was 25 seconds. Number four from Ted was don't become synonymous with your business. You don't want to be like the television presenter for what is it? Flex Seal, I think. I don't watch broadcast TV anymore, but there's that dude like he would slap something on there or there was Billy Mays back in the day. The ShamWow dude go, I'm dating myself. I know that. Like you don't want to become synonymous with your brand. Um, another example might be Grant Cardone or Gary Vee. It'd be hard to buy their business because they are their business. Like you can't transition that to the next level. Same thing could be said for Tony Robbins. You want to be more like Baskin Robbins. Nobody has a clue who is the CEO of Baskin Robbins, but they do a lot of business. So you want to stay with that. Five. Once you've standardized your process. Charge up front or have the billing up front. You know, if you're doing payments, make it a, a good progressive process where you're getting more. One of the biggest problems inside of a business is having a negative cash to cash cycle. It's one of the things that I pretty much immediately start working on with people is reverting the cash to cash cycle, especially in manufacturing type operations or in the trades where there's the opportunity to have the billing lumber, for example, go out 30 days. Well, if you have a client paying you within 15 or the day you do the service, even better, you're going to have a positive cash to cash cycle. And that changes the way that the float inside of your account. And number six, to wrap up, don't be afraid to say no. I have had to say that quite often to people that weren't in the right frame for what I can bring to the table. Now, there's the ability to give a referral. I don't want, you know, don't be a dick is what I'm saying. But there's an opportunity to take that and go to the next level. Be like, hey, you know, John, I'm not the right guy for you. It doesn't require reasons. I'm, I'm just not. But I know Bill, Frank, and Jane that are also in a similar space and they might be able to better serve you. I'm happy to make that connection for you. And that's how I operate personally. Um, I want to provide value to somebody, even if I cannot provide service to that person, if that makes sense. And maybe inside of your business, you're afraid to do that, right? And I understand it, but if you could work with only people that really edified you, that you were excited to provide service to, why wouldn't you do that? There's no requirement with as many people as are in the world to work with people you don't like, that are problem child, are whatever analogy you'd want to use for somebody that's just not cool to be around. You don't have to do it. And if you've got a clear message, you won't have to do it. So I hope this provided value for you. Uh, I don't do a ton of reviews of books that I've read, which I, maybe I should sometimes because it's good for me to refresh myself on the information and the content. It helps to know that this information is out there and ready to go. And this book, Built to Sell, you might not want to sell your business, and that's fine. But if you can take the lessons from here, you're, as a side effect, going to have a business that runs smoothly 
and isn't going to have a fire alarm every single day inside your business, which is very valuable. So I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this little bit of a longer episode. If you have any questions on the content, you can reach out to me on my website, growwithdelta.com. On LinkedIn, it's Mike Demo. On Facebook, it's also Mike Demo. Tons of good places you can reach out to me there. I look forward to connecting with you. I've spoke to a lot of people from the podcast and it's always a great time on my side. If this episode brought you value, do me a favor, drop a review. Or if you're on Amazon or one of the other ones, Spotify, uh, just leave a leave a nice little star review there. Uh, we've had a lot of momentum in the podcast. And I want to get this information out to more people to help them in what could be a potentially chaotic season with what's happening. Thank you. We'll